everyone, it's me again, Liv, your host of this podcast, and in this episode, I bet you know what we're going to talk about in this episode, because we finally have a host city for the Eurovision in 2022. Hey, I'm majorly hyped, like, y'all can't even imagine how hyped I am for this to happen. I'm really, really, really hyped. The day it was announced, like, I saw the announcement half an hour after they actually announced it, and I was ready to go all in. I panicked, because I saw prices for hotels and hostels and flats and everything else just rise up, and I was like, oh my god, I won't be able to get in a hotel room, and that means I can't go. <laughs> so I actually booked six hotel rooms, basically, in different hotels, and yeah, I of course cancelled them already. Like, not all of them, of course, but I just wanted to have some time to think about which one I want to take, and which one is, like, beneficial, and which one has a good location, and I don't know, I just wanted to have options and not just have one thing that I just booked out of panic, so I booked six out of panic, <laughs> basically. This is what happened the day the host city was announced, and... Yeah, I mean, I feel like you all know it will be Turin. I hope I pronounced that right, because in German you totally pronounce it differently. <laughs> I'm really hyped to go there, basically, and I mean, the arena is huge. I'm so hyped up. I just really want to get tickets now, oh my god. This is nerve-wracking. I'm hyped, and I know that I will be so disappointed if I don't get tickets but yes <laughs> anyways i thought in this episode we're going to talk about turin for a little bit of time because i want this episode to be dedicated to turin as our host city for 2022 so i just opened up wikipedia i mean it's not the best source and i know that but we're just going to take a quick look at turin like what the city is about and why we can all look forward to visit this beautiful city in 2022 so, in general, Turin is a city and also like an important business and cultural center in northern Italy. It is the capital city of Piedmont. I'm not quite sure if I pronounce that right. I feel like I pronounce it totally wrong. And it's also the capital city of the metropolitan city of Turin. And it was the first Italian capital from 1861 to 1865. The city is mainly on the western bank of the Po River, below its Susa Valley, and is surrounded by the Western Alpine Arch and Superga Hill. The population of the city proper is 847,033. While the population of the urban area is estimated by Eurostat to be 1.7 million inhabitants. This is crazy, wow. The Turin metropolitan area is estimated by the OECD to have a population of 2.2 million. Wow. So it's a huge city, actually. To be really honest, I have been to Italy a few times since Germany is not that far away from Italy, but I've never been to Turin or like any other city that is just around Turin. I've also never been to France since Turin kind of is close to France and I, I haven't been to that area of Italy at all, so I'm really hyped. Okay, anyways, we'll continue. The city used to be a major European political center. From 1563, it was the capital of the Duchy of Savoy, then of the Kingdom of Sardinia, ruled by the House of Savoy, and the first capital of the Kingdom of Italy from 1861 to 1865. 
Even though much of its political significance and importance had been lost by World War II, Turin became a major European crossroad for industry, commerce and trade. Turin is ranked third in Italy after Milan and Rome for economic strength. With a GDP of 58 billion dollars, Turin is the world's 78th richest city by purchasing power. Turin is also home to much of the Italian automotive industry with the headquarters of Fiat, Lancia and Alfa Romeo. Wow. I didn't know a lot of that. I'm, I don't know if you knew, but I just don't know a lot about Turin. The city has a rich culture and history being known for its numerous art galleries, restaurants, churches, palaces, opera houses, piazzas, parks, gardens, theaters, libraries, museums and other venues. Turin is well known for its architecture. Many of Turin's public squares, castles, gardens and elegant palazzi were built between the 16th and 18th centuries. A part of the historical center of Turin was inscribed in the World Heritage List under the name Residences of the Royal House of Savoy. Turin's attractions make it one of the world's top 250 tourist destinations and the 10th most visited city in Italy in 2008. The city also hosts some of Italy's best universities, colleges, academies, such as the University of Turin founded in the 15th century and the Turin Polytechnic. Turin is well known as host of the 2006 Winter Olympics and the upcoming Eurovision Song Contest 2022. Okay, so this was a quick overview about what Turin is about and what we can expect, basically. I mean, I didn't know a lot of that. For example, that it's like the 78th richest city or like one of the world's top 250 tourist destinations, the 10th most visited city in Italy. And also the population is huge. I feel like history is also interesting, but I'm not a big history geek, so music. Maybe this is something interesting too. The city's main opera house is Teatro Regio di Torino, where Puccini premiered his La Boheme in 1896. It burned down in 1936 and was rebuilt after World War II. They also have a picture here and it looks huge and like so cool it has a big like in this picture it looks like it has like really huge windows. Basically the whole front just is windows. I'm not sure if it's the front though or if this is a picture from inside. Looks so cool though. On October 2021, the European Broadcast Union and RAI announced that the city will host the Eurovision Song Contest 2022. Following Italy's victory at the 2021 contest in Rotterdam, Netherlands with the song City e Buoni, performed by Moneskin, the contest will take place at the Pala Alpitour, with both semi-finals of the contest taking place on 10th and 12th of May, and the final taking place on 14th of May. It will be the first time that Turin has hosted the contest and the third time that Italy has hosted the contest overall, with the last being in Rome in 1991. This is so cool though, I'm so hyped. I feel like I'm even more hyped up than Italy is. <laughs> because it's just like, you know, I've never been to the Eurovision Song Contest and for this year it might actually become true for once. And I feel like this is what makes me so hyped up about it. Like, that I might be able to go. And also that it's just like... How do I put it? I mean, Rotterdam was cool as well, because this is also kind of like, I want to say center Europe, but it isn't. 
it's not I don't know I feel like net the Netherlands don't count as like center Europe right am I dumb <laughs> like but I feel like it's easily accessible for most European countries for example if like the Eurovision Song Contest is on an island, like, for example, if Malta wins and then it, it's, like, on an island, like, that's harder to access. And also, I feel like, for example, Azerbaijan or countries like, I don't know, Israel or something, they're harder to access. At least, like, from Germany, going to Israel is harder than just going to Italy, in my opinion. And I feel like Italy is something that's easily accessible, or maybe this is just my opinion, because I feel like now I just I just thought about what Israeli people might think about the contest being in Italy. And I thought, okay, they have to take the plane, because I feel like I find it way more practical next year, basically, because I can just take, like, the car or the train or the bus, or, like, I just, I don't have to take the plane. I can, but I don't have to. And I have so many kind of like cheap options to go to Turin. But then I just thought about how other countries don't have that. So forget what I said. But I feel like for most of Europe, it's easy to access. Maybe it's not. This is just my feeling. <laughs> I also want to take a look at the venue since this is also huge. <laughs> I feel like I personally haven't been in such a big venue ever before. I'm not quite sure, but I feel like I haven't. Yeah. Anyways. The Pala Alpi Tour. I'm not even sure if it's pronounced like that, but I just, I'll just pronounce it like that, okay? Correct me if it's wrong, please, because I feel like I will say it in more episodes from now on, and I don't want to piss you off with mispronouncing it. <laughs> the Pala Alpi Tour is a multi-purpose indoor arena located in the Santa Rita district of Turin, Italy. It is a few meters east of the Olympic Stadium. The arena has a seating capacity of 12,350 when it's configured for ice hockey and it's the largest indoor sporting arena in, in Italy. The arena was originally built at a cost of 87 million euros for the 2006 Winter Olympics and it hosted the ice hockey events. Since its opening, the Pala Alpitour has become one of Italy's most booked venues for large-scale concerts. It is also the largest capacity venue in Italy for these type of events, with the allowed maximum capacities set at 15,657 for general admission century stage concerts and 13,347 maximum capacity for general admission and stage concerts. On 8th August 2014, the arena was renamed to Pala Aside of the ice hockey events at the 2006 Winter Olympics, it was one of the three main venues of the 2016 FIBA World Olympic Qualifying Tournaments for Men, which was held in Italy, the Philippines and Serbia in 2016. And Pala Alpitour has become one of the main venues for music events in Italy. Artists such as Bob Dylan, Madonna, Rihanna, U2, Florence and the Machine, Five Seconds of Summer, oh we love them, Lana Del Rey, Ariana Grande, Shakira, and so on, <laughs> have performed in the arena. What well, this is huge. I mean, I expected such a huge venue, of course. The Eurovision was always hosted in, like, huge arenas, but 
actually realizing how huge it is right now is insane. And I just hope that like with COVID and everything, we have the chance to go there and have a full arena and like full feeling and just have a nice week. Anyways, I'm really excited about song releases and artist announcements and I'm just excited. Over the top excited for what's coming the next month. Because always like when they announce the host city, I feel like Eurovision is starting now. Like I know that Eurovision season basically started before that, but for me it officially starts when the host city is set and when we just know where it is and... Yeah, that's when basically my mind starts manifesting, being like, oh my god, I know it, it will happen. And yeah, usually I'm that hyped up even though I'm staying home and just watching it from home. This time I'm hyped up because I have the hopes of going there, which might be dumb, I know. <laughs> I just hope a lot of us have the chance to go there and yeah, I don't know what else there is to say. I just wanted to record a quick episode about Turin. I'm not sure, maybe you can tell me, if you're listening to this till now, what you prefer in general, like short episodes? Because I feel like some people can fit them in their daily life easier. Like just, I don't know, episodes up to 10 minutes. Or like actual long episodes you could listen to on the train or bus, like when you commute to work or school or university, or I don't know. Or maybe you prefer listening to long episodes in general. Maybe you don't like episodes who are just like five minutes long or something. I'm that type of person. I prefer having long episodes up to an hour where I can just sit there and just really be into the topic. And yeah, for me, it's still hard to talk for such a long time, even though I love talking, as you know. But for me, it's still hard to get, like, a topic done and put it out for, like, such a long time. But I'm, I'm getting it. One of the next episodes will definitely be a Eurovision catch-up. Since this is, yeah, basically a series, I can always, always upload. I don't know if I explained to you what I mean with Eurovision catch-ups. Basically, in Eurovision catch-ups, we're focusing on one artist that has been to the Eurovision already, doesn't matter in which year they've been to the Eurovision, and then we just talk about the artist, maybe just something about their lives, and then we're also like looking at what they're doing now, maybe new music they've released, or maybe they are actors right now, or I don't know, just what they're doing in their lives at the moment just to not forget them and I always take recommendations or like wishes for like artists I should cover. I have my personal wishes too of course and yeah we'll just look at the at the artists and maybe 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 someday we can get some of them to join me. That would be so cool but I need to grow and get more experience and confidence in this before I invite artists to talk to me. <laughs> yeah it would be cringe otherwise. Anyways, yeah. And then I would also love to do an episode on my all-time favorites in Eurovision because I feel like it's best to do that at the beginning of my podcast when you're just like slowly getting to know me because it's also just a part of me that you'll get to know when you know my taste in Eurovision songs because I feel like everyone has a different taste in Eurovision songs. I don't know. I just 
find it cool that you could get to know me in that way, like on the music level, basically. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, I've listened to a lot of your written songs the last week, basically, and I'm I'm at it. I'm already writing a list and writing down what songs I want to include, basically. And I'm still figuring this out. I'm still figuring out how I can include music in the podcast. But until I have an episode where I actually need music, I feel like I have figured it out. Mm, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Anyways, you're free to tell me your experience with all of this and all of like what's happening right now. You can al always text me on my socials. Instagram is the best way to reach me, I guess. And yeah, I'm interested in if you're going or like if you're planning to go to the Eurovision Song Contest next year or maybe you're already planning to watch it. That That's also cool. I did that every single year. And if this is not going to work, if I can't go, I'm definitely going to watch it from home. And yeah. That would be interesting to know. And yeah, I guess I'm done with this episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening till here, like till the end, basically. And as always, if you like what I did or what I'm doing, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Music, on Spotify, and basically wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can listen to it on Anchor, of course, and just in your web browser wherever you want to listen to it basically and i hope i can welcome y'all again next episode and yeah till then bye